So I'm Kate Devlin and um, I'm Reader in AI and Society in the Digital Humanities Department at King's College London. And um, I work on sort of how we interact with machines and how we form attachment and relationships to machines, sometimes literally. And um, as a side of that, I would today talk a bit about an isolated uh, group. And I mean isolated in the very literal sense um, as well as in the figurative sense. So, I think you've probably all been aware of headlines like this in the past year and a half, um, things about COVID sparking this rise in loneliness and this idea of skin hunger where we were isolated from people, we can't touch them, we can't see our loved ones. And while we can communicate really well with the technology, and it would be unthinkable to even contemplate what a pandemic would have looked like without the video technology, for example, that we have, um, it's still, there, there's been a massive increase and a recent study has shown there have been, there's been a, a big rise in social isolation. The thing is, this isn't particularly new for some groups of people. So, for example, the community of elderly people or communities, because these are quite disparate communities, um, this is something that has been faced there for quite some time. And um, there is lots of reports about that. The UK has appointed a minister for loneliness, um, <laughs> which seems like a very negative spin on it. There's other countries who've got ministers for happiness, for example, but the UK has gone with loneliness. Uh, but it does highlight the problem. And so, you know, what are we doing in terms of including those voices? Because, uh, and Jenna mentioned she comes from an HDI background, that's part of my background as well. And one of the things about designing tech is that often there are these huge assumptions made about elderly communities and designing for them. So just as a, a, as a quick intro, um, this is a report from the UN about population aging and it's reckoned that by about 2030 um sorry 2050 30 percent in western countries will be over the age of 65 and here you can see i've just highlighted in particular you can see how how the uh, europe and north america um populations are really at the head of this aging population graph so some of the assumptions that tend to be made about older people when we're designing technology or we're collecting data is that you know we often presume that there is limited interest in technology despite the fact that we're now rolling into an era when many of the people in that age group have designed the technology that we're using today and you know we can we, we i get my students every year saying oh well old people they don't really have any you know they don't really have a smartphone and they can't really read the small print which is you know there we can circumvent those things um, there's also the uh, tendency towards benevolent ageism or paternalistic attitudes where we we try to assist, but in assisting, we're actually removing autonomy from people as well. So there's lots of reports about um, older people saying, well, you know, I could have done this on my own, but they've come in and they've taken over and they think they're making my life easier, but actually they're taking away some of my independence. Um, in, certainly in, in the UK, um, when people require a degree of care that they can't get at home for many complicated needs, when older people go into care homes, for example, uh, they tend to be infantilized and, and treated almost like children. So you know, there is uh, you know, talking loudly to people, patronizing them, putting them in single beds, in single rooms with windows in the doors. You know, this privacy itself has gone. And privacy issues are often losing out to convenience too. And I noticed that this is being capitalized on now. So Facebook have done a lot of um, adverts on TV this Christmas about Portal and how you can use Portal to communicate with your elderly parents. Um, but there's nothing mentioned about privacy and about this, this presence in the home. 
So I, are we excluding elderly people from this conversation as well about, you know, do they want to have that in their homes? And there's been mixed reports um, in terms of assistive technology and companionship through technology as well. There's been some very positive reports of using things like companion robots um, where people are perfectly aware, elderly people are perfectly aware that these are robots, but get a sense of companionship out of interacting with them. But essentially, it's, it's a large section of the population being dismissed and, and feeling more isolated because their needs are not taken into consideration and they don't they haven't been given a voice of their own. And aging, as this quote says, is stereotypically framed as a problem that needs to be fixed and adults, uh, elderly adults are considered to be frail and incompetent. Um, so there's this expectation that it's a homogenous group. I'm even guilty about referring to all elderly people here myself. The expect, uh, expectations of engagement from these older groups is also low. Uh, and these low expectations drive exclusion as well. So these marginalized voices aren't being heard. But essentially there is a community out there of people who are lonely and in that way they are lonely, but they're not alone. And I've seen this in other work that I've done um, around different user groups where the very fact that people are seen as being outsiders or on the margins means that they themselves have formed a bond and formed a social grouping around that. Uh, so can we use data and technology to identify and hear from those groups? Can they connect with each other, not just with the people who are making policy decisions or the people who are collecting the data? And can they make decisions about their inclusion? They should, but can they? Are we enabling that? Are we, as people who are working with this data, um, enabling those voices? And without being paternalistic or benevolently, um, benevolent ageism. So, you know, are lonely people a community and not necessarily just the elderly at this stage, but you know, wider than that. But can we reimagine a community where we connect people, um, but that we that also, if they want to share that data, they have a say in what goes on? Uh, and so do we stop making these assumptions about them? Because this idea that if we if we do get that data, does it make solidarity possible? And, and can we strengthen communities through that? and give people what they want. So when they are participating, they are fully participating uh, and that we're not just um, paying lip service to what we think they want. <laughs>